Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss. Hey, it's great to be back. Are you more lively? It's earlier in the day since we're recording in the morning this time. Are you a little bit more lively so. than usual? I had a little bit of caffeine this morning. And when I say a little bit, like every drink that I drink has caffeine. <laughs> in it. So it's really just how many drinks have I had? And uh, yeah, it's it's good. It feels good to be in office reporting with you. And it's pretty lively here today. There's a lot of people around and they're not Dylan C. Page employees necessarily. They're people that actually rent space from us in this building. Um, that's fun. Yeah, I think I took uh, like the last closest parking spot on the side of our building. So that was interesting to come and see like, oh, wait, I don't just have my choice of every spot in the whole lot. So that's really amazing and something that we've been um, fortunate enough to find as a new tenant to have in our building. We always uh, talk about having this beautiful building, but our team doesn't really utilize it. Our team is remote. And so it it feels awful to have a building just sit and not have people fully functioning. And now our new tenant is a title company. And so they have lots of people in and out, lots of, lots of business, lots of bodies getting to come and uh, use up all of the spaces here in the building. So it's great that it's not just sitting empty and not being used because it's way uh, too beautifully decorated and beautifully constructed to just sit empty. So. And the financial piece of offsetting the <laughs> rent and the mortgage payment with others paying that. So that's always beneficial. Hey, I'll even trump that one too. They have awesome snacks. So there oh, are yeah. candy bowls, there are chips and pretzels and uh, drinks are always stocked in the fridge. So I would say that may even trump the extra uh, rent income that's coming in is just do they have great snacks always available. Do they have the cookie? I haven't smelled the cookie oven, uh, the Otis Funk Barn. I thought they said they were doing that at one time. That's right. And they keep it in their space for sure. Oh, okay. But I would think it would kind of permeate the whole building if it was going. So maybe it's not up and running just yet since they're hmm. pretty new to the space. So yeah. maybe we have to ask, <laughs> maybe there's even better snacks coming. So that's a great thing too. Yeah. The other great thing that they, yeah. uh, since they've moved in, in addition to the rent, in addition to um, the snacks is they actually sit someone at the front desk or the front area of the building. They're kind of the reception for the building uh, by default, which allows our team to continue to be remote and work wherever they're most efficient. And so I think that's the other kind of benefit from this arrangement that we've seen. And if a client has to drop something off randomly to the actual office building, or if we have a meeting in office, that person is there to greet them, take whatever they have from them. And the client's probably none the wiser. They may have some few questions like, I haven't seen this person on your website before, but hey, it's it works for now, for sure. I think that's a great uh, thing to point out is that we 
were able to uh, capitalize on that opportunity that they have someone that they need there all the time anyway. And so now they are able to do that, which allowed our really sales administrator who was only doing office administrator duties because we needed someone in case uh, there were deliveries or people dropping off, picking up. And so now our sales administrator is able to be remote uh, two more days out of the week than what she was previously. And so we don't just have to have a warm body in a chair. There is now somebody who is functional uh, Monday through Friday that needs to be up there. And we just also get the benefit. So I would say that's that's probably even the better um, thing is that we don't have to hire someone to just be a warm body in the off chance somebody comes to the building. So yeah, yeah, that's a great win. Well, cool. Well, um, that explains why the office is so lively. So we're here today to (laughs) talk about um, a topic that you brought up in conversation. And we just thought, hey, let's talk about that in a formal capacity and maybe give some takeaways for people that may be struggling with some of the same things that we talk through. For sure. So today talking about burnout and we're going to talk about it in all areas. I think it's important to recognize when you're burnt out. I don't think it's always apparent, especially if it's something that either maybe that you like, that you typically enjoy, or, um, I don't know, maybe something that's not that you have to do to keep the business functioning. I'm not sure. But I think sometimes that burnout isn't as easily recognizable or you let those symptoms go for a really long time to where it's harder to come back from, harder to find the joy in those activities or just the joys in daily life. So um, what are some what are some signs for you when you feel like you're getting burnt out on something? What are some signs that kind of pop up that you start to notice or recognize? Uh, procrastination. So just that stuff doesn't get done and that you try to find anything else to do other than what you know you're supposed to be doing. And we even did that back in college and it was everybody had the cleanest apartment possible during exam time because you wanted to, do anything but study uh, for that last minute, or at least that's how I was wired. I think you're probably the same way. And uh, you just put off doing what you have to do versus what you need to do. And so, um, yeah, that that's kind of the main thing, procrastination. And then not waking up to go to the gym, not following nutrition appropriately, like just kind of being done, I think, with things. Yeah, I think um, it kind of starts to bleed over into other areas. So it's if it's something that you're burnt out on, maybe say like a task at work, and then it starts bleeding over into the things that you do typically enjoy, and you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I think it starts to kind of carry over into other areas. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is to not let it get to that point and to, to recognize, you know, when you either need a break or you need a complete change to where maybe that's not something that maybe that's not something you enjoy. Maybe it's not something that you need to do. Maybe it's something somebody else can help you do, or maybe it's something um, 
that can be done differently. So that it is a little bit more enjoyable. So I just thought we'd start the conversation. We touched on it a little bit in one of our previous episodes, but start the conversation easy, like getting burnt out on food. I think that that's super common for people. Um, easy enough. People don't like leftovers, right? They're like, um, I already had that. I'm burnt out on that might be a phrase. Most likely the reheat process maybe just isn't the same as the original, um, preparation. So maybe it just doesn't taste as good, but, uh, burnt out on food. So I've mentioned it before though. I can take a lot of the same things over and over again, but barbecue was the one that I mentioned. And, probably mostly because brisket would be my go-to, but I'm not going to eat a lot of or any brisket just due to how much fat is included. Hate to break that to anyone who's listening that cares about that. Um, but there's a lot of fat in brisket. And so probably I'm going with turkey and turkey tastes so much better when you like cover it in barbecue sauce. And so then again, like, if I'm just going to eat plain turkey, I'm probably only good about one or two times if I'm not loading it up and dressing it up and doing that. And so, um, yeah, so it's not something that I hate and I got burnt out on it. It's something that I like, uh, but there's just comes a limit. So what about you? Is there anything that you get burnt out on as far as food goes? I think... I used to get burned out easier um, on things. And so, especially if you're following like a nutrition plan or anything like that, uh, it's just so much easier to have the same meals every day. And at first, when we started that nutrition journey and what that meant to us from a health perspective, it, that got really old. And I was like, I just need the variety of life. I need to change it up. But as we kind of matured into that season of tracking uh, nutrition a little bit better and what we we're actually eating, it just made it so much easier to eat the same three to four meals a day. You're, you've already kind of determined what you like to eat. So it's there. If, if you're going to go out to eat, you're only substituting one meal uh, versus, you know, three or four that you've already had planned. So, but initially it was, I wanted different variety and I wanted to add all these things in to make it kind of seem better than it really was, but it was just too much work at the end of the day. And I think you, you even apply that to like what people wear and their wardrobe and why people wear all black or wear all white. And it's just one less decision that you have to make per day. So that's kind of where I'm at on food uh, nowadays. I still love barbecue and going out to eat for barbecue and I love Mexican food and all that you know, it comes along with it, like a good state, but you know, for a majority of the week, we're pretty boring from a food front. And I think we're okay with that now, or at least I am. So. Yeah, me too. And so I think that's what you mentioned is exactly how to help prevent burnout. So in the beginning, when we started following a nutrition plan, it was really, uh, kind of like Tetris and trying to fit in different foods to meet a certain calorie goal or a certain, certain macro goal as far as proteins, fats, and carbs go. And so it really, at that point, it was more about the numbers and hitting a certain amount of numbers rather than 
eating things that you would normally eat, that you like to eat, that you gravitate towards. And so I think in the beginning, you were not eating so many things that you loved, that you enjoyed. Uh, but as time went on and you got more comfortable with tracking, you started picking the meals that you really, really like, the foods that you really, really liked and working them into your day until now, four, five years later, here we are, the things that I eat during the day are probably my most favorite foods outside of really high calorie Mexican food um, or dessert. And, but I eat desserts every day. I eat foods that I like every single day. And so that allows me to not get burnt out because I'm eating more of the things that I do like, more of the things. And I will even go as far to say that these little food, some of these food items do bring me joy throughout the day. And so I think that's okay to say, but definitely we're able to add in. So not trying to just eat, say, chicken and broccoli and, uh, raw carrots like no you cannot sustain that over the because there is not enough things that you enjoy in that uh setup and so it's really having a variety of foods for us throughout our day each day things that we really like so that the next day kind of like looking forward to it like oh, i already know i don't have to make any decisions around this it's ready to go and now i can just you know enjoy the things that i like and um, and then it's nice whenever you get a little break from that and you have something, you know, different outside of, you know, what you typically eat. And so, yeah, I think definitely adding in things that you enjoy helps kind of prevent that burnout. Yeah, that's good. So the food, the food aspect, I mean, we've worked through that over, like you said, five to six years, feel like we have just reached this level of maturity with we're okay eating what we're eating. If we have a meal out, we try to rein it back in the next day. You don't want a, a bad meal to turn into a bad day and then a bad day to turn into a bad week, bad week turn into a bad month. And then you're so off track that it's hard to come back. So I think you have to give yourself a little bit of grace, a little bit of freedom to actually enjoy, you know, that meal and know that you're going to pay for it. I guess you're going to have to have a little bit you know, a break in where you were going momentum wise, but it's not the end of the world. And so how fast can you get back on track? So yeah, from a burnout perspective, that's kind of how I view food. Um, so from a other aspects of life, looking at burnout and maybe what other people are experiencing as well, what was kind of your second thought there? Yeah. Another common area I feel like you hear people talking about, oh, I just got so burnt out is exercise. And I think similarly, this is uh, people trying to work in things that they really don't enjoy. So trying to do things that they think are right, um, trying to do things that probably are a healthy habit to implement, but potentially not the right thing for that person. And so we have talked about before walking as being one of the most beneficial, um, easiest as far as entry and being able accessibility to majority of people that walking is a great um, form of exercise. But a lot of times people go kind of extreme and they're going to either start this six day a week 
lifting program or they're going to run every single day, no days off. Um, so a lot of times I hear burnout come up in conversation around exercise. Like, oh, I just, I, I'm so sick of insert blank. I'm so sick of running or I'm so sick of going to the gym or I just can't make myself do this anymore. So do you have any practical stories of a burnout on exercise that you've experienced? Yeah, I think as I've come to this wise age of now being over 40, um, to over, over 40, at, more. at 40, you're at 40. Yeah. But 40 you already was, count the days to 41. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the downhill. So, um, two of my favorite words that I've, I've kind of learned to value are discipline and consistency. And so I think with burnout, most people, it's not something that they can be disciplined about and consistently keep in place. They come out guns blazing, the on-ramp onto whatever they're doing is not sustainable and they just flame out and that's burnout. So, um, you know, recommendation there and what we've seen is start small, start, um, you know, where if you're, if your goal essentially around working out is just to be healthy, um, it's not to look a certain way or achieve a certain milestone as far as a race or lifting a certain amount of weights. Um, if it's just to be healthier, where do you start? And so maybe it's you get in the car and you drive to the gym, but you don't even get out of the car and go to the gym. It's just, you get into the habit of going to the gym. Maybe the next step is you actually get out of the car and go to the gym as crazy as this all sounds, but you're building up the habits to become a healthy person. And so I think after you have built those up over time and you know all that data after so many weeks or times of doing something, it becomes a habit versus not. Um, and I'm sure you could speak into that, but I think that's essentially what I've seen in my like journey uh, from a working out or health perspective is start small. If you come out guns blazing, which I do at certain times, it's like, oh man, I need to start running again. And it's like, I don't really enjoy running and my body doesn't enjoy me running is where we're at now. My body tells me what I do and don't enjoy. And um, the same can be said with like the stair stepper at the gym, like people put themselves through that pain and do that. But obviously if you don't have to, why? So I think starting with walking, walking is a great aspect, um, getting over 10,000 steps a day. Once you've hit 20,000, maybe that's too many and you're just losing um, some of the efficiency that came with that. You could also look at rucking, which I know we have a friend who is into rucking, which just means you walk with weighted vest. So I'm gonna let you jump in here because I know that you can back me up with all the, the real data to support what I've been saying. Yeah. And so those are some great ideas of alternatives for exercise. As far as if someone is feeling that they want to exercise, they have previously enjoyed exercise, or it's just a thing of wanting to improve their lifestyle and improve their health. And so, um, yeah, those are all great ideas of alternatives. You do not have to go full in. And so I think burnout happens a lot of times when you try to take on too much too fast. And so, and also when you try to take on things that you don't like 
not necessarily because just something that you're not good at. You can always improve that, but something that you really just don't like. And so there are so many alternatives and there likely is something that you can do again, even if it's walking and that can be improved by uh, either what you're listening to, who you're with, or where you are doing that walking. So even that, if you're like, oh, I don't like walking on the treadmill, you don't have to walk on the treadmill. You can walk outside. You can walk at a mall in a park, you know, lots of things. Um, and you can walk with time, other people. You can be social. You can yeah. have a relationship, which that's what we try to do. Yeah. And so I know for me, I, a few years back, I got burnt out. So I, a few years back, over 10 years ago, I decided I was going to start running and lifting weights because I like to go extreme and go all in. Right. Um, I know a lot more now I've matured a little bit. I probably wouldn't do that now knowing, uh, what I know, but anyway, so started running and never, did I like running? However, I did want some results as far as aesthetics and health benefits that I thought running was required, that I needed to do that. So I started running and I actually started to enjoy it. Not so much the running part, but actually the, I would say the after effects. So the endorphins afterwards, um, I enjoyed that I improved pretty quickly as far as there were metrics to follow and watch the progression of getting better. And then, of course, there were some uh, definitely health benefits. So it made doing certain things easier. I was fortunate enough. I don't believe I had any injuries while I was running. This went on for maybe, say, five years that I, that I was running I think I got up to probably five to six times a week. I got up super early in the morning because I wanted to do it. The girls were very young and I wanted to do it before anybody else was awake. I didn't want my running to take up anybody else's time. Like I still needed to do all of my normal tasks. So I was getting up really early running so that I just started increasing like the distance that I was going. Then I started running for time. And then one day I just realized this is not fun anymore. And I quit. So I kind of felt like Forrest Gump, like I just stopped running. Like, and I just didn't do it again. Like I ran six days a week and then all of a sudden I did not. And, um, and really it came down to, it wasn't something that I really enjoyed while it was happening. I did enjoy things, benefits that came from it, but it wasn't an exercise that I really, really loved. And when I, those things kind of went away, meaning I had, I had to give up more sleep because I was running farther distances. So I needed more time. I stopped seeing that huge jumps in progress as far as, you know, I wasn't getting faster in the same, uh, percentage as I was at the beginning when I started. And I wasn't, it wasn't getting easier like it did in the beginning. And so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And so finally I got to a point where could I have rested, changed how I was running, you know, multiple things could have changed, but instead I pushed it all the way to a point where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore and just completely stopped. And so I feel like that that's another way that it's not that I didn't want to exercise. It's not that I didn't want the benefits that came from it, but that activity just really wasn't something that I enjoyed while I was doing it. So to give up sleep, to 
use, you know, hour, hour and a half of my time to do it every, mostly every day. Um, even like on vacations, I remember. So you and the girls would go um, to breakfast together without me and I would get up and go run. And so it was just, you know, it, it just came to a point where it's just, why am I doing this? I don't want to do, I don't have to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so that was just, again, another point where there were signs along the way that I could have stopped or not run six days a week, add a different form of exercise on some of those other days, or take a day off, <laughs> take a rest day, uh, which is good for your body. And so uh, that's, just another story of how burnout has affected me in a big way. Uh, I would like to report that I do run every once in a while now, but only when I feel like it. I, it's not something that I, you know, require myself to do every single day. I enjoy walking. That is something I do every single day, but running is just when I feel like that's a good idea. I should do this. Yeah. No, that's a really good example and story of, kind of how, where you started and where you're at today and feel confident in what you're doing and enjoy it. So I think we're at this point in, um, the world around us, you know, coming on the backside, coming out of COVID, uh, leading teams, leading others and people in have come to that same realization. They didn't enjoy what they were doing, maybe from a work perspective or what they were doing on a day-to-day -day perspective. And we're starting to see that in our industry in particular with accounting. And I know that people complain about, I just can't find anybody to hire, to work. And it's not, it's not only related to accounting. It's not only related to people who work on like tax in accounting, it's across the board. It's most industries. And you've got this weird time in the economy. Inflation is approaching 10%. It's 9.1. That's what they announced yesterday in our area. It's actually over 10%. It made like this national map of highest places for inflation. <laughs> so yay, Texas. But um, there's <laughs> always, always bigger yeah, in Texas, right? There's all these other assessments that people have done because they had some downtime to think about it. And then they had to return back to a little bit of normal. And I think it's, I applaud those people that said, I did not enjoy that. And they did, they, and they figured that out at an early age and now they're making changes to do that. So the other side of probably that conversation is how we as leaders or as business owners, how do we adapt to those people who are burned out? How do we support them in becoming a better person, well-rounded, healthier? Um, we actually have a pretty good track record of, locating team members, keeping those team members engaged. Um, we do that through flexible work arrangements, uh, whether that's hours in the day, days of the week, but ultimately as long as someone is product production wise doing what they need to do and the product is good, the clients will serve, like that's all we really ask for. And so I know that that's a little bit different than some businesses that mandate, you know, you have to be at an office from, eight to five, we have to see you physically touch you to make sure you're doing what we pay you to do. I think that's very short-sighted. And we've had success just because we've embraced that. Um, now it's work from anywhere, it's work anytime, I think. Um, but we've been 
toying with the idea of trying to bring on a close recruit, I guess is the more word, a, a family member who uh, she works in a very large accounting firm. She would be a great asset to the team. And in my mind, I've already hired her. I'm like, hey, your start date is after you get married, after your wedding this upcoming fall. You can tell your firm when you get back from your honeymoon. Here's my two weeks notice. Here's my four weeks notice. You can come over to our team. November, December would be a great timeline for me. And then you can help us out, you know, at this next beginning of the year. I love that you're manifesting. I that. am manifesting that. And it has worked. For, yeah. It has worked for us a couple of times in the past. So yeah. we'll hope that uh, it's going yeah. to work again. So, but it, you know, it, it's the reality that we live in. So I manifest that her name Shelby. Shelby comes to work here because she's great and she would click with so much of our team. She would follow in the path of uh, Katie, who's on our team, who's doing a great job. And Charles kind of coming out of that big public accounting firm and actually getting to work alongside clients, getting to advise business owners and actually the small subset of like a tax return that you've seen for the last two or three years. It just starts to make sense. I think whenever you can apply it to smaller relationships. So in my mind, I'm manifesting that, but I text your brother uh, yesterday just to see where she was at. Uh, you know, I didn't want to approach her again because we've kind of planted that seed early on. Uh, <laughs> you know, whenever you realize your future sister-in-law works at a big four accounting firm in tax, you're like, hey, we own a CPA firm, you know, and start grooming them early on. But um, so I planted that seed or we planted that seed and then followed up with a text, have been trying to nurture that relationship. Obviously, we're in the wedding. So I think we get first dibs on if she has to go somewhere. But we know that she was also hating life. Um, you know, she works at a big four accounting firm in tax on the business side, hates life. And I think so many people have that same story of hers. And you just have to say, okay, what is it about this that you don't like? And so essentially Garrett told me yesterday, your brother, like she's not looking to stay in accounting. Like she hates it that much that all the education she has, everything that she did is, is willing to forego that to go find a different path that works for life. And I said, well, before she does that, let's have a conversation. Like, cause our accounting looks completely different than other people's accounting, especially big four. So what are your insights around that situation? Definitely. She's at this point of burnout working crazy hours, working from home. Now she's got a little bit of responsibility. So now she's managing people. And, and you know, it's just like the perfect storm that every st uh, experienced staff or senior has to deal with. Yeah, I think we can dive into a lot of parts of her story for sure, because uh, she has worked for this accounting firm for two years, maybe three, not, not more than three. I don't believe her job was recruited know, her by them first from college. And she knew what to expect as far as what would be required of her. And she was okay with that. So when we very first met Shelby, she was, uh, not that she would say like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. I'm a hundred percent satisfied, fulfilled. I love my job, but she was pretty happy. I mean, she was pretty satisfied with what she was doing because it matched her level of expectation of what should 
what it should be like um, as she's learning, as she's getting to know her first job and a big public accounting firm. And then the next time that we, you know, kind of dove into um, how's your how's your job going, it's we typically get to see them and visit more often around holidays. And so able to talk to her, I believe, maybe at Easter. And uh, so kind of in the middle of tax season or kind of coming out of tax season or maybe it was like a September 15th deadline. I'm trying Might to have remember been your, like your grandma's birthday but right around. You know, mid-March yeah, is probably yeah. when she so was the busiest. She, yeah. And so she was actually, uh, her level of satisfaction and her enjoyment in her job had gone up. And the change that had occurred there is that she was getting a ton of affirmation from people around her. So from her managers and um, from her partners that she was doing a great job, that, you know, the work that she was producing was good quality all of these things. Well, then we started seeing uh, people leaving, uh, accounting firms, people leaving their jobs, right? The great resignation. And so people are leaving. Well, because she's doing such a great job, she can now take on other people's work. They actually um, had her supervising and training new people coming in. And so she, she was, again, getting a lot of recognition, a lot of attention, a lot of affirmation because she is a hard worker and she does good quality work. Well, now we fast forward to, let's say, six months later and she's miserable. And I think what happened is she, she pushed herself. So she's trying to excel and exceed expectation at every possible point. And that has I will just go out on a limb uh, and assume that she has maybe had a title change because of the things that she's doing. However, the affirmations and uh, the compensation that goes with that, not to mention just the amount of hours that she's putting in, those are sprinting hours, not marathon hours. And so at some point, it doesn't even matter what's coming, whether it's compensation or affirmations or um, moving up as far as title and, uh, you know, kind of accelerating in the organizational chart. Those things don't matter if you can never see your family, if you can't, uh, if you don't have time to go to your own wedding shower, you know, help with planning of the shower and those kinds of things. So if you're the things that you enjoy get pushed out, then you get to this place where you're like, I'm not doing any of this anymore. It's, it's awful. I'm miserable. Yeah. I probably need to find something else to do. Yeah. And you know, they're getting married. Um, just like any great accountant, she, she actually scheduled the wedding after her big deadline in September. So that shows you how considerate she is. And I think then they're going on a honeymoon, uh, get back about October 2nd is what I've heard. And, that 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 right there shows she's committed to her employer, wants to see things through. The other thing that is kind of there is, you know, she knows accounting because her mom is a CPA and runs a business as a controller for a family, um, for a nice size family business. And so she kind of knows the background of what accounting can do for you as a career. She's seen her mom probably transition, you know, over time and kind of become this leader in that business. So just the foundation of accounting alone. And as somebody 
in the accounting space that can see trends and things starting to develop. And from a firm leader perspective, kind of makes me sad because there are a ton of Shelby's out there and there's a ton of talent that is leaving the in industry that I love because of what it does for small businesses. And so like, how do we come alongside those people and give them a great place to work? How do we encourage them? And, you know, I think she's kind of seeing the writing on the wall. If it's this tough now as, you know, an engaged mm -hmm. person about to be married, want a family in the near future, like there is no way that this, I think industry is okay for me. And so I think we have a huge problem to address in every type of accounting business because it's not healthy for these people like her. Yeah. So some tips for preventing burnout. So preventing people from getting to a place where they want to quit accounting or quit whatever it is that they're doing altogether, I think is just making sure that you do have a balance of things that I have to do and things that I enjoy doing. And when those two things actually meet, I think that's where people can go, you know, for the long haul for you know, sustainable. Those are probably the people who have the most uh, job satisfaction uh, in, you know, when we're, when we're looking at that long-term. And so I think one thing is just to make sure that there are things in your day that you do enjoy. So when, you know, when we will be talking and having conversations with Shelby, it will definitely be, but what, are there any parts that you enjoy? Are there any parts that do give you fulfillment or satisfaction? And potentially that's no. And potentially that's why she thinks she needs to leave altogether. And so it would definitely be presenting things that, well, what do you enjoy? And do we offer those things since Dylan CPAs does look a lot different than her current? Well, and I think the other piece is, and I fall into this because as people have learned on other podcasts, like I think about myself a lot and I think about like Dylan CPAs is an extension of me. And so how can I benefit from this? How can the business benefit from this relationship? We have to be better than that. And we have to remove ourselves and like care about that person. So part of, you know, just having the conversation with Shelby is just to help her. And whether that's Dylan CPAs being the home for her and, you know, our business, which she would be a great fit, or if it's all the contacts that we have to, say like you would work really well here and I'm going to celebrate you as a person. We do that for other team members throughout their career and celebrate what they've given to our team and our business during that chapter of their life. But then, you know, celebrate that next step for them and what that means from a growth perspective. So I think we, we get in that trap of seeing people just as a, factory line worker in whatever the business is and you know how will them leaving impact me and my day-to-day -day life is probably where a lot of her supervisors are right now and trying to get the most output from her and i think the other thing that people can do to avoid burnout especially in these situations be really clear on what priorities are um, so I know Shelby was given a lot of different tasks, like, Hey, manage and train new hires, manage and train the interns, make sure that the interns don't, you know, eat glue. I don't know what interns do, you know, at a big four uh, accounting firm, <laughs> even though I was one at one time. So 
Hey, you were an intern at a big four. Don't so get what arrested. Did you, don't, what did you don't do as an have intern? Liver failure, I think, is where a lot of uh, those people, you know, are now today because they usually have to give them a lot of alcohol to keep them around. So, um, but she was given these responsibilities, and ultimately, the way that the firm operates is they do accounting work, tax work for clients, and they have to have a high level of service. So, some of these ancillary responsibilities were her you know, are her leaders very clear on, hey, here's priority. And we try to do a really good job about that and be clear about even here are the clients that probably you need to address first on a weekly or monthly basis, because once you start getting momentum and start to get things knocked down, you're going to like be at a full pace of running and being able to just feel successful. So that's another piece, another takeaway for people that are experiencing burnout or see burnout in their teams cut through all the mess, get really clear on what priorities are and help people figure out how they can have some small wins that really matter at the end of the day. Yeah, and another another tip as far as avoiding or preventing burnout is take scheduled strategic yeah. breaks. So if it is something that requires a lot of your mental, physical, emotional capacity, you need to take a step back so that you can look at those priorities so that you can look at, are these things that I still need to be doing? Are these things I want to be doing? So having scheduled breaks rather than just say, uh, I'm done and quit forever. Having a break, you know, with a, a time, like I'm going to take off this amount of time from doing this activity, whatever it might be. And, you know, it's not always take a break means don't do it at all or a vacation. I think sometimes, again, just naturally we go so extreme, like I have to stop altogether or I have to go, you know, across the country to take a break from this is not necessarily you can do maybe the bare minimum where you are doing something over the top, above and beyond what was needed, maybe you can go down to what is the minimum effective dose of whatever that activity is, or maybe it is taking a break and then looking at the time, how much time would be okay to take off of that? Is one day, three days, five days, it depends, all depends on what it is that you're stopping, that you're taking that full no, Those break are really from. good um, takeaways for sure. and. Hopefully, uh, whenever we give people an update on this in Q4, hopefully we have an announcement to make about a new team member. <laughs> um, hopefully. We can do a whole episode on uh, our transitioning team members from, and maybe with them, maybe we bring them in, but our, hopefully we'll yeah. have three team members by that point that came from big four. Uh, big regional firms, firms yeah. Not necessarily big four, but big, big, bigger accounting firms to Dylan CPAs and, and they can share kind of what that transition yeah, was Everything like. that you thought was uh, important. And then just one final it. thought. You know, it's like, that's step one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at, yeah. The, at the previous yeah. place of employment versus coming yeah. to Dylan CPAs. Yeah, for sure. I think one final thought is if you are to a point of burnout is just really looking at that. We talked about prioritizing, but maybe looking at that activity or task and deciding, is it something that you have to do? Can it be automated or can somebody else in the organization or outsourced do it for you? So is it, is it something that 
that's causing you burnout that we have already talked about will likely spill over into other areas of life. So if you remove that one thing from your plate of responsibilities, would would that help alleviate um would that help alleviate other maybe stressors or areas that things other things are starting to burn out as well? So I think that's always an option uh, other than just, you know, prioritizing or taking a break. Uh, you can also look at, is it something someone else can do for you? Can you outsource it to something else, whether that's technology, a person in your firm or family and or uh, just like an outsourced company who are experts and provide that, do that every day, do it yeah. well for other people. No, really good takeaways. Um, so, well, excited to um, hear all, how all that ends up over the next few months. Um, and hopefully Shelby's leaders didn't listen to this podcast because we really want her to come work here. Yeah, I, I I feel like they probably did it, but perhaps uh, one of our other family members, since probably out of our five listeners, most are related, um, <laughs> they, they may tell Shelby, oh, you probably need yeah. to listen to this. So maybe we should have left her name out so she wouldn't it's know. Fine. But... It's fine. We've made our intentions clear. It's, it with, is what uh, it is. You know, so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, great conversation and All right. appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.